eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Sixty-seven fifty-four. We've got Dewey Burke here. Dewey, you told some told some stories about PNC Arena on the last time we did this podcast. Um, the best way to keep that crowd quiet is to do just what North Carolina did tonight. Carolina wins by thirteen in a game that saw the defense just sort of grind NC State up. Your uh, your overall thoughts, and then we'll dig into it. Yeah, didn't think State played particularly well. I thought, I I thought they played awful actually. Um, you know, they shot 18 for 67, which is miserable. Uh, they're probably a little bit better than that, but, uh, was happy overall with how we defended lapses here and there, but we guarded, uh, obviously people are going to talk about Harrison on the glass. Um, RJ didn't shoot it great, but the shots he did make were timely. Uh, for me, the most exciting part of this game was Elliot Cadeau's aggressiveness. We literally talked about exactly this after the Clemson game, that he's being too passive. He needs to be aggressive, get downhill. And he must have tried to get to the rim 10 or 12 times tonight. Yep. Um, and it's such a difference maker, and he got confidence from it. And so then when it got under 10 and we started to build a lead, we just kept – we threw out the playbook and said, hey, high pick and roll. Elliot's got us covered. And even the possessions where we didn't make shots, he made such good decisions, kicking the ball out to rotating shooters when that was the right play. The absolutely beautiful pick and roll for the dunk by Mondo, which, you know, kind of took the last bit of air out of the crowd. That to me, I'm hopeful is what we look back on and say, 
that game at state was where the light bulb went on for Elliot Cadell. Yeah, and and going there, and we you can talk about the environment. You can talk about playing state in there. It being his first time to just for me made it so much better because I I was coming in this game. I was saying, well, it's going to be a rough environment. He's been passive. We've talked about it. And for him to come out on fire like that, just sort of speak about that pick and roll because we've seen that chew Carolina up many times mm-hmm. over the years. And for them to be able to put Burns in sort of that spin cycle there, especially on the play you're talking about with the dunk, it just seemed like that's something Carolina can use as a go-to going down the road here in the ACC because I don't think the ACC is very good this year. And quite frankly, I love DJ Burns' game. But if Carolina's going to play him like that, force him to sprint, and then put him in those situations, I think Carolina can score on anybody that way. Speak to that play and those plays specifically from your your I've been there, I've done that eyes. Yeah, I mean the the most important part about it was was how he tried to get downhill. You know, he has had a tendency to play east west a lot, just kind of dribble for the sake of dribbling and not really trying to get any place. And he was attacking the outside shoulder of uh, of Armando's defender of Burns and making them make decisions on are we gonna are we gonna switch or are we gonna get caught in a half hedge and then he could turn the corner and make the right play. Uh, it's the same downhill aggressiveness I was just talking about in the open floor that he was using on that high pick and roll. We're able to spread it and give him so much space uh, that if he's willing to attack and try to get into the paint and then make a decision. Uh, it's it's really tough to guard. He's so fast and strong with the ball. Uh, he still had a couple turnovers, and he's still he's still learning. But the key is that he didn't just sit back and be passive. He attacked, and with that, only good things will happen. Yeah, and he adds in the three point shot, which will come, and then three for four on the night from the free throw line. I think that's big. Um, it can make him virtually unguardable and you can't deal with him and let's talk about ingram you mentioned the rebounds i mean good gracious 19 rebounds are we serious 19 rebounds for harrison ingram it certainly helps um when you get that from a guy when baycott's not rebounding as well is not playing as many minutes ingram just continues to be the guy for this team i think do we yeah, he, and he just he flat out plays his ass off i mean that's there's no there's no more clear way to say it no higher compliment uh that you know i referenced this my group text with my teammates a lot you know when guys are chiming on there and they're saying ingram plays his ass off and then one bobby he said what's the record for rebounds in a game i mean this guy is is collecting them you know like the like the sean may hansborough and we went and looked and it's billy cunningham um <laughs> with a lot but with different like 27 <laughs> or something crazy but um yeah, yeah. Look, he just he plays his ass off. You know, it, it's not always pretty. He's, he'll turn it over here and there. He didn't shoot threes great, but he got into the paint. He posted up a little bit, but he's just always there. He, he's he's scrapping around the ball, uh, fighting for loose balls. You feel good about him going into a fifty-fifty ball, coming up with it. And uh, obviously, last two games just been absolutely unbelievable on the glass. But. Um, you know, it's interesting when you think about five-star five-star recruits uh, of the pedigree that he came into college with. You don't necessarily think of a guy like that, a six-eight five-star, 
with NBA aspirations coming out of high school as being a guy who's just going to grind you out and grab 19 rebounds and kind of hustle and not play dirty, but do the dirty work. Kind you, you follow what I'm saying? He's got a blue collar mentality to him where a five-star guy, perimeter player, maybe doesn't always have that. Um, not just guys that have played for us. I mean, across the board, like you, you know, he's not at this level, but like Jason Tatum was a six, eight, five-star at Duke. He never had 19 rebounds, right? He's worried about scoring and finesse and yep. how he looks and that kind of thing. And so he's, he's a bit of a different dude is, is, is my analysis. The thing about it is, is he's perfect for this team. You know, those, those guys you reference, they can put up a ton of points. They can do a lot of stuff. Carolina needs what Ingram's bringing to the table every night. Somebody put in the chat, I haven't looked, 45 boards over the last three games. I mean, that's a lot. Uh, and he's doing it in the ACC. He's done it in the ACC on the road. Carolina picks up third straight win in the ACC, 67-54. Um, you know, and he almost kills Wendell Murphy over there. And takes the moment, yeah. and I, I hate seeing that. There's something visceral, visceral to me that when old people get injured, and uh, I guess it's because my folks are old or we're old. But at any rate, pretty awesome moment there to see him go over there and check on him as well. Just an all around, mm-hmm. all around good guy. And to your point, he does everything this team needs him to do. Another one of those guys. We're talking with Dewey Burke here on the Inside Carolina Post Game. Shout out to it's almost 700 people here on a Wednesday night. Um, let's awesome. get it. Let's get it over 700. Let's push 800. One of these, um, maybe the Duke game. But Seth Trimble, another guy. He didn't have yeah. a ton of points tonight, but he continues to do the things, get little rebounds, get little deflections. But he puts pressure on a defense. Speak to him. He's so athletic too, right? We got on the open floor a little bit with him, and he's he's. He plays so well above the rim and had that one that he missed late when I probably thought he got fouled that they didn't call that I was hoping he was going to try to punch, uh, which would have been a highlight reel. But um, he really seems comfortable in his role. You know, we're not going to run anything for him, but attack the glass, um, you know, try to get to the rim in transition and guard. Um, and he's, he's really done that well. And actually, I think it's unsung, but for Jalen Washington to play a little bit more uh, minutes because of Mondo's foul trouble and not have a steep drop-off. It's not like when Jalen came in, Burns went crazy. He held his own. I know he had a number of fouls, but look, he had eight rebounds and and really hung in there and kept us going, uh, including a nice little tip follow on a missed layup. So I thought he contributed. Zayden came in and made a bucket. Um, you know, early when it was kind of, you're still kind of feeling the game out. Cormac made a couple shots early. Didn't have his best game, you know, still kind of searching for him to uh, to get consistent. But the two threes he made were big. And and as I said earlier, RJ didn't shoot it great, but the shots he made were timely because they really helped push us into the lead for good. Yeah, and, and you talk about Washington. I mean, guarding a guy that can move is not his best attribute. He struggles with that. But for him to be able to body up on Burns, and I think his length bothered Burns, one thing about DJ Burns is when he's at, at top stamina, you know, he hadn't dropped that, that, that meter hasn't gone to zero. He's got great footwork and for Carolina to be able to wear him down. And I thought NC state should have gone to him every time, but Washington, to your point, Washington's ability to sort of wrap him up and keep him out of there. Do we speak to, um, role players and and people tend to think role players is a bad thing but role players like washington and 
you mentioned high, even Trimble to a certain extent, but he's almost become a, a sixth starter. Jalen Withers getting some minutes. How important is that for a team to have success? You need your best guys to play well. R.J. Davis and Mondo Baycott have to play well for this team to be as what they want to be. But when the guys seven, eight, and nine down the bench make plays, Hubert Davis got to love it, man. I sure love watching it. It's fun to watch guys come off that bench and make game-winning plays, and we saw a lot of it tonight. They're, yeah, look, they're a true team. I mean, these these guys have seemed to settle into their roles. As you said, you know, we're going to look to get scoring out of RJ and Armando, and as those two go, generally, you know, we're probably going to go. But then you bring Harrison, and and he's going to, you know, he's, he's made a couple outside shots over the year and, you know, showing a propensity to isolate and – back people down and try to get a little eight ten footer. And now all of a sudden he's explosive on the glass. Uh, you know, Cormac obviously is who we've all hoped will be our consistent shooter uh, outside of RJ and, and has the ability to do it. Um, and then the guys off the bench, you know, they don't come in, you know, demanding or looking to get shots. You know, Trimble comes in and picks you up 94 feet and, you know, Withers, I, I, look, I'd like to see more out of him. I think he, he needs to play harder. He's a little casual for me to use a Coach Williams-ism. Um, but that said, you know, tip dunk here, block shot there, get to the rim and get fouled. Um, he makes things happen. Uh, and then, like I said, you know, Jalen, to have eight rebounds and hold his own against a guy who's got to have 60, 70 pounds on him uh, was great. So I, I don't think there's questions about roles and responsibilities here. And I think we constantly struggled with that last year. It's like, you know, who's who's getting the shot now? You know, it's you, you would have guys that maybe they felt, I don't know anything. I'm just saying they may felt like, oh, you know, this possession, it's my turn to shoot. And uh, rather than just being together and trusting and, and getting everything in the flow. So, uh, yeah, they're, look, they're, they're a true team. They are, you know, January 10th, we've been saying it for a couple weeks. They're a true team right now. It's fun to watch. Yep, you go and get three straight wins on the road in the ACC. Um, regardless of what you think about the ACC, is a, is a is good teams or bad teams doing that stuff in this league. Um, I don't want to go negative, but I feel like we're, we're so positive on this team. What can get better? Do we? I mean, if you play defense like Carolina's played the last four games, five games, you can have off scoring nights and still win. Um, mm-hmm. But what needs to get better when you watch this team? And it's a tough question to ask. It's a tough question to answer after they've just finished off, I think, a decent NC State team. I don't know how good they are, um, but I think they're decent, mm-hmm. especially in that building. What needs to improve for this bunch? Sure. And, and I just want to respond to one thing quickly in the in the chat. You know, I'm not being critical of Cormac that he didn't play well. That kid plays so hard. I mean, the, the euphemism of he plays with his hair on fire – has never fit a player better than <laughs> better. him. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that he literally plays like his hair is on fire. Um, I just would like to see him be a little stronger on the offensive end. It's his fifth year in the conference, or not fifth year in the conference, fifth year playing. And uh, I just think there's more there for us to get if he can get consistent. Um, but he plays so hard, so no lack of effort there. Uh, but to your question, what can get better? Look, I, I think if you're watching this game not as a as a biased observer, rooting for Carolina or rooting for State, I think if you just turned that game on and watched it, 
it was pretty doggone ugly, right? I mean, it's we're not playing pretty. We're not we're not out in transition as much as I think we'd like to be, um, especially because we're grinding it out and getting stops. I'd like to see us run more and get some easier shots. Um, Armando can play better. You know, he was he was better against Clemson, but kind of back to a more normal for him tonight of what we've seen this year, just nine and five. I know he had foul trouble. Um, so yeah, look, we can, we can be more polished offensively. Uh, we can shoot it better, especially the guys that are meant to be shooters, but I'm telling you this, if Elliot Cadeau can take that aggressiveness and build from there and control the offense in the manner he started to do it at the end of that game, that is a game changer for us because, you know, I said it last podcast or maybe the one before we were almost, we were playing almost four on five, four and a half on five there because he was so passive him becoming a threat. Even if ultimately he's going to be passed first is, is a huge dynamic here um, because if they have to worry about him, it's just one less or one half eye off RJ, one half eye off of Armando. That is very meaningful. So again, we said at the top, saying it again now, I'm hopeful that this is the Elliot Cadeau game that we point back to and say, remember when he figured it out in Raleigh and then off he went. Indeed. We're talking with Dewey Burke, 919 people in the live chat. And I want y'all to do something for me. First of all, I want everybody to hit the like button on the YouTube stream. It helps us out, helps us get more content to you directly. Also, I want you to go to Johnny T-shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Take care of those folks. They're alumni owned and operated. Go buy stuff. It's cold. Go buy some sweatshirts when it warms up a little bit. Get you some swag for the for the springtime and all. But Johnny T-shirt, they're they're great folks there and they're great friends of Inside Carolina. Premium subscribers get you 10% and also congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels for your small to mid-sized business. Do we anything else um, holistically or game specific? You know, I, I thought, you know, I felt like the game could should not have been close. Um, watching NC State and watching North Carolina give up, you know, maybe some empty defensive possessions and all, but Carolina ends up pushing away. On January 10th, now that you've seen this team play however many games they've played, 14 games, 15 games, what do you think compared to what you thought when the season started? How have your feelings changed about this fo- this basketball team outside of the Elliott Cadeau things you've already talked about? Yeah, I think in the preseason I was concerned about our overall just talent level, you know, to compete with the schedule that we knew we had. I just wasn't sure – I wasn't sure what we were getting in Harrison Ingram. I wasn't sure what we were getting in Cormac Ryan – and, you know, we had a freshman point guard, you know, you, I'm sure we felt like we knew what we had in RJ and Armando and that was about it. And so there were so many unknowns um, as far as personnel for me. Um, and then uh, it kind of had to linger in the back of your mind, you know, is there any hangover from the prior season about, you know, not always being together, not always being on the same page. And, the second point, those questions are answered. I mean, Coach Davis has got these guys together. You know, they believe they are emotionally connected, as we've been saying for weeks now. Um, you know, just you can tell by the way they greet each other in and out of timeouts, by the way they uh, respond to communication with with Hubert, that they are 
they are connected and invested. And we didn't know that. So that that's something we didn't know. And from a talent perspective, you know, by all, by no means is it one of the most talented teams we've ever had. But these guys have figured out how to play together and defend. And if you can defend, you can be in any game. Like, I'd love to see UConn again or Kentucky again now that we've started to guard. I mean, look, they have – they've got more elite talent. Um, they're bigger, they're more athletic. But we can guard. You know, we're, we're showing that we can guard. And so I think we can be in every game. Uh, we don't – we still don't have a huge margin for error on the offensive end. Um but that's okay. You know, if we have to win games in the fifties and sixties, because we guard you and make life miserable and we rebound it and, you know, scratch and claw to get enough buckets, that's okay too. You know, this is not, this is not a team of, you know, the, the mid two thousands that is going to score 90 points. They just aren't. Um, but, you know, give the staff credit for figuring out how to get this team to play this way and have them together. Yeah. I think if you look at the adjustments that they've made, just subtle adjustments, whether it's defensive style, whether it's switching everything and not switching everything. They just they have managed to put it together, um, and they are riding high now. We've got 982 people in the chat. I want to let you go, but I also want to see if we can get to a thousand. Eighteen. Yeah, Come we're gonna on, get, get we're gonna get to people. a thousand. So let's let's answer a couple questions in the chat, yeah. and, and quite frankly, they are flying by, so I can't keep up as much. I, know, I, I but, can't keep up. But just sort of somebody asked, and a lot of people have said something about the, the flagrant stuff and, and the stuff they called on Baycott. Here's my take on that. They missed, well, they missed the flop, but they felt like they missed a foul, so they had to call something on Baycott. But as far as Baycott getting caught up in that, and I don't want to make it a negative on Baycott, but it, it, what do you say to him as a coach if you're in that situation where you're big, one of your important players has picked up a cheap one there, it's a little chippy, what goes on in that huddle from when you've been around there? And I know it's different yeah. with Hubert than maybe from Roy yeah. Williams, but just in general. Yeah, you know, I don't – I'd actually be surprised if they had to say anything to Armando. I mean, he's been, he's just – there's nothing that he hasn't seen. He's been there. Stuff gets chippy. People come at him. The kid flopped. You know, he kind of pushed him, but the kid flopped. I yeah, I thought that was nonsense. I, I, whatever. Um you know, is unfortunately picked up a second foul, gets in foul trouble. I, I would tell you that if I had a guess, I bet you they hardly said anything to him at all. I mean, I just think if he can't work himself through that mentally at this stage, you know, you have other issues. So I don't think that should have been a big deal. Um, you know, I still think that he he's playing frustrated instead of playing with a chip on his shoulder. How's that? Like, I do you know what I mean? Like, do you kind of sense that, that he's – He looks he he looks for a foul when he doesn't make a basket, or really all the time, rather than just going and balling. Yeah, just go play. I mean, I, I said this a couple games ago, and I need to actually go do it. Like, I want to go back and watch a game from, like, February 10th, 2021, when we went on that run – like obviously it was it was also Caleb and RJ, but Armando was like a different dude. Like we sat here on this podcast two years ago during that period, and we're like, "This guy is putting up Sean May numbers. Like this is wild what he's doing." And I remember saying, 
this guy is just flat out working everybody. Like he just is relentless. You wouldn't watch him so far this year and say, man, that guy's relentless. That's not a, that's not a word you'd use. So he's got more. He, 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 I'd love to see him figure out a different mentality. Like stop being so frustrated. Stop looking for calls. Just find that chip on your shoulder. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, you remember that, you remember that run. Oh, he was just wearing people out. Wearing people out. I mean, in I don't know if he's got some nagging injury or whatever, but he he's not the same, right? And he's no less talented, no less skilled, none of that. Um, it's just relentless is the right word. He, he wouldn't say that right now. Yeah, uh, and, and people don't don't make a mistake think we're being critical because he's still great and and he still puts up a ton of numbers. And he's still exactly what this team needs. But I agree. I mean, just play. You're not going to get the calls. I've found that arguing or, or throwing your hands up doesn't work in the ACC unless you're certain guys. But uh, Baycott uh, guarding DJ Burns, that was an interesting matchup. Dewey, last, thing, last question I have for you. Are you surprised at the number of post moves at this point in his career? And again, when he's the garbage man and he's getting all these rebounds and putbacks and all, but are you surprised about the post moves, maybe lack of post moves sometimes? I mean, it doesn't seem like he has a go-to there repeatedly. Like Burns, you know he's going over his left shoulder, over his right shoulder. What could Baycott do there to improve? And again, I'm not being critical of the young man, just talking about mm-hmm. – how he can be even better than he has been for North Carolina. Yeah. You know, I think so far this year when he's caught on the block and, and banged and banged and tried to spin one way and spin the other, and then he gets himself kind of caught under the rim and he's not explosive enough to go up and just, you know, stuff, stuff the ball and the defender in the rim. He's not capable of that. My favorite play tonight was when he caught the ball a little bit out past the free throw line and just caught it and went, went right at Burns, made a quick move and finished. Um, it, it, he he kind of holds the ball down there and, and pounds and pounds and pounds and allows himself to get off balance and just doesn't, doesn't always take a high quality shot. I'd like to see him be a little bit more decisive, just get it and go. Um, and if it's not there, then kick it out and repost. You know, he even a couple times tonight when he was posting and didn't get it, kind of did like the like the frustrated thing with you gotta you gotta knock that shit off right excuse me you gotta you gotta knock that stuff off like you just you gotta go play you know repost find another way to get the ball you know he was better in the second half going out and setting ball screens because that's what we were running um but yeah i just think he's playing frustrated he's 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 exasperated out there at times and i wish he would find the joy in it again and find the relentlessness that he had for, for some really long stretches. And, um, and that'd be a, a difference maker for us. Yeah. And the moral of the story folks, as we get out of here, shout out to the 1000 plus that have joined us in the live chat, just insane numbers here at inside Carolina. It's all about you, Dewey. They don't come see me. They come to see Dewey Burke breaking it down. But the moral of the story is Carolina is on a roll right now. And there's so much more out there for this team from a team perspective, from an individual player perspective, whether it's Elliot Cadeau, whether it's Armando Baycott, 
getting back to the 2022 February, March, April Armando Baycott. This team has so much more to go, and it's such a big difference from the last couple seasons, minus that run that we saw to New Orleans. Dewey, it's always a pleasure, man. These are fun. We talked about how they stunk, how they stunk when uh, the games didn't go the right way. Um, these are great when the games do it, man. Shout out to you for joining me, and shout out to the crowd. No, that's great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'll leave you this. We talked early December. We said, hey, we got a gauntlet coming up. We're going to find out a lot about this team. And as frustrating as it was to lose to UConn and lose to Kentucky, they learned. They grew from that. They came together. They guard you. And and they've really played great ever since then. So um, give the kids credit. Give Huber credit. Hope they stay healthy. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if we can keep the run going. Yeah, I chose my glass tonight. Tar Heels been riding the lightning on their way to first in the ACC, taking care of NC State. Shout out Johnny T-shirt, congruity. Shout out to Dewey Burke for always being the man. Shout out to the Inside Carolina faithful that join us. Everybody get some sleep. We'll be back over the weekend. Carolina and Syracuse in the Smith Center. Another interesting game. No more zone from Syracuse. So who knows what to expect out of that one. Thanks, everybody. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a dude averaging 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.